All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey, everybody. Welcome to HR Latte. We are continuing the series, Is HR Killing Your Innovation Efforts? I'm back with guest Josh Berry, who is the co-founder of Econic.co. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining me again. Hi, Ryan. Always a pleasure. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Actually, here in Omaha today, speaking at the HR Reinvention Conference, uh, kind of a co-collaborative effort between, I'm sure many of your listeners know, of Jason Lawrenson and uh, Joe Gerstadt uh, in Quantum Workplace there, as, as well as Workday. And so I had a good conversation this morning with a bunch of the HR leaders here in the Midwest around HR and innovation. Wow. I have had the opportunity to visit Omaha and participate in a conference about HR technology and HR in general, and I'm jealous. I wish I were there. Sounds like it's been very exciting and innovative and thought-provoking. We'll have to have you back to talk a little bit more about that. Thanks. Thanks also. I I appreciate being able to carve out the time and continue to talk to you. Can you give us just a brief overview of what Econic is all about before we jump into our topic today? Sure. Econic was formed to help corporations accelerate innovation. And so we are helping typically corporate innovation teams or the chief executives within mid-sized corporations to understand really the strategy, the culture, the tactics and methods that are needed to be able to make innovation initiatives more profitable and get to market sooner. We have actually some exciting news that will break later on this week. Oh, can't wait um, that we are opening up the Midwest's first innovation outpost. So it'll be a corporate innovation, actual physical space, where some of the largest corporations here in Nebraska uh, are starting to commit to having their innovation teams have semi-permanent residency in our space to continue to increase the open collaboration among among corporations uh, in the innovation space, as well as interaction with the startups around them. I oh, love it. Uh, embracing the Silicon Prairie, as it were. I'm, I'm excited to Absolutely. hear more about that. So um, continuing on our topic of is HR killing your innovation efforts, we are going to look at the topic today of fear of failure. And you discussed this a bit in a post that you wrote recently about how internal innovation can be messy, requiring mistakes, which really needs to have somebody in place that is not afraid to take risk. Can we talk a little bit about that? Tell us what you mean by that. Sure, sure. You know, in a lot of corporations, a lot of time is spent creating new business plans for new products or businesses, or and then eventually even taking those business plans and using that as a basis to then go build something new. Unfortunately, uh, we get a lot of analysis and time spent on trying to make sure that we're making the right decision. Whereas what startups have taught us is that it's more important to make decisions and then learn from those decisions rapidly and cheaply so that we start to understand and and de-risk the entire innovation process. So what that means is you may not always make the right decision, but we prioritize making decisions and learning from them quickly. And so sometimes that involves failure. I found it really interesting that you mentioned treating failure with respect. 
I think we do not have enough of this. There are a few companies out there that really embrace failure and see it as a stepping stone to success. I have found this true in my own life personally and professionally. Let's talk about the respect that is owed failure. I think that if we don't fail, we many times prove that we haven't maybe taken enough risk to be able to try something new or try something different, which is exactly what's required in more of the disruptive buckets of innovation uh, that we help our, our clients with. And so having a healthy respect for failure is not only uh, something that needs to be inherent in the people or the leaders of those innovation initiatives, but you have to start to create a culture that, that is able to respect failure. You know, the majority of cultures today, when we say don't respect failure, I mean, it, it manifests itself in things like, I'm not going to try this new thing because I might fail and therefore I might not get the next promotion. Or, you know what, my bonus is tied to a quarterly profit number that I need to hit. And if I try this new thing, it's going to take some money that might come away from that. And so I need to focus more on the short-term incentive. And so it actually starts to touch upon a whole bunch of things uh, that HR can get involved with. It can start to tweak the culture and the environment to make it a little bit more respectful or acceptable of failure. And, you know, one of the things that impacts this is that HR is a very risk-averse department within an organization, (laughs) right? They want to avoid risk. They want to avoid failure. They want to avoid mistakes. So do you have any little bits of advice that you can give to an HR professional that would help them get past that aversion? Sure, sure. I think the first thing is, is we don't need all of them to get over that aversion. Sure. Right? There's definitely <laughs> a place for the risk management, for uh, you know, the labor relations groups, safety, any of those sorts of things. But there's definitely some areas where starting to embrace and try new things and understanding that, that might lead to failure could be extremely valuable to the company. I'll talk about something completely outside of innovation, and that's inclusion. And it's just you know, very right. hot topic with HR teams right now. Joe Gerstad actually challenged us this morning in one of his talks about, is it safe to be unpopular? Hmm. Well, that, that, that in and of itself is inviting itself for failure, right? There, there's plenty of risk fraught with that. But if you want to start to get people open to new ideas and open to disagreements and open to things that might lead to you not necessarily always winning, you need to do that. So HR people can start to embrace and see that a lot of the things that are important for them to accomplish, like moving inclusion forward or getting a seat at the table in terms of corporate strategy, specifically around innovation, may require stepping out of their comfort zone and helping inform, you know, and, and use their tool buckets, you know, that, that are already firmly established around helping select the right people or putting in place the right compensation plans or, or having performance management in alignment with these innovation behaviors. All things that they can do extremely well, just point them a little bit more towards these innovation outcomes. Wow, it's really interesting how the phrase playing it safe almost has a negative connotation. When we come back, we're going to continue with Josh Berry talking about HR needing to look past the face and the fear of failure. We'll be right back. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software, 
by HR for HR. Hey, everybody. We are back with Josh Berry as we continue to discuss fear of failure when talking about HR and innovation within your organization. So we're going to talk a little bit about harmony. We know that HR seems to be semi-responsible along with uh, hiring managers and supervisors about creating harmony within an organization. And where mistakes are made, we can tend to have a great deal of fear. And also this can affect harmony. I know I've, I've run into this myself, having a fear of, of mistakes on my own in the marketing efforts that I produce. I've run into discord with other colleagues and peers within my organization. So I really get what this is all about. Josh, can you touch on it a little bit about what it means to create a culture where mistakes actually influence and positively impact harmony? Yeah, I think there's almost in my mind, there's two levels of harmony, right? There's that superficial, la la, we're not going to bring up any of our disagreements. We're going to have group <laughs> think. We're going to just make sure everybody gets along. Practicing and avoidance, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Pollyannish, uh, conflict avoid sort of level. Right. And then there's another level of harmony that is built upon respect and built upon trust where there doesn't have to exist permanent uh, agreement on every topic. Or, you know, that we all have to be in alignment and consensus driven. So uh, to be able to try new things or, or experience new ideas. And so when we think of harmony, I want us to think more about that second layer. And that's that things are working together, but there is healthy discord. There, there is healthy, not tension, but at least there's the idea that we're open to thinking of new ideas. We're open to trying new things. And if somebody doesn't succeed on a new idea, We'll celebrate the learning that comes from that just as much as we would if somebody, you know, just went out and did something that was maybe only incrementally better incrementally. I I love that idea. It can be harmonizing to actually have some discord because then you learn from that failure. You learn when um, somebody is really good at something you didn't know about. Right. If somebody's mm-hmm. really great at bringing a team together because there was a little dis- discord, you learn a whole new trait, whole new skill set for different members of the organization. Let's talk about the org structure too and the impact that that can have on finding that harmony. Can you touch a little bit on that? Sure. Yeah. I think there's been different cycles of what's the perfect org structure for uh, innovation initiatives. You know, and we were recently studying some of the things that GE and American Express and Ericsson and a number of others have done recently. And what we're seeing is for those uh, way out there, uh, what we call Horizon 2 or Horizon 3 innovation initiatives, it's important that there's almost a firewall built uh, in some regard to the people who are working on those ideas and the rest of the organization. And what I mean by that is, you know, that idea of the skunk works has been around for decades. But there was a period of time uh, recently where, you know, even Google, I think, was the one who first popularized the idea of the 20% time, right? And a fifth-year time can be worked on on special projects and whatnot. A lot of people are starting to embrace it. But uh, a lot of those organizations are starting to go away from that and recognizing that you really need to be all in, uh, either in that particular position or if you're going to take a sabbatical, take a three or six or 12-month sabbatical and work on one of those really far out there innovation initiatives. And so getting the right org structure with the right leadership in place is important to make sure that you have a fighting chance for these innovation efforts. 
Uh, we, we've seen too many organizations who continue to keep it at the 10 or 15% of your time is working on these cool new projects that are out there, and it never moves fast enough or with the urgency needed as these organizations overall want to see. I love that you start this whole section with innovation is messy. It just reminds me of making mud pies when we were kids or playing with <laughs> Play-Doh and modeling clay and finger paints and all those things that really spark the creative juices. And I think if we remember that, if we look at it as, look, from great messes, really wonderful, great things were created. And so I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to remember that. We're going to come back in our next episode and talk about speed and what that has to do with failure. I know as entrepreneurs, we are very familiar with the phrase fail fast, right, Josh? Yes, absolutely. So when we come back in episode four, we'll be talking about that particular thing and what impact HR can have on that. Thanks, Josh, for joining me today in this episode about fear of failure. Thanks. Have a great day. 